Bellarino, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla. I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, spare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. So I just learned backstage that uh, Low Man on the Totem Pole has to uh, carry out his own table. You notice how like they always carry it out for Jeff? I don't know what's going on. Hey, sometimes in life it just feels like we've been everywhere. Like we've done everything. You know, I mean, think about things that here at Crosspoint going on. There's, there's students graduating. You know, there's people being baptized. There's just all kinds of stuff happening here. And it's awesome. Babies are being born. I mean, certainly Abby and I are doing our part with that. You know, people are coming here to, to check out what God's all about. You know, some people are, are coming to Crosspoint just to check out, maybe reconnect with God, to figure out what that, that means and, and to see if there is a God. What now? That's the question. With our... Uh, our children. I tried to incorporate Ford in this story, or uh, Jude. I'm sorry, um, but I'll tell you why in just a minute. Why I wasn't able to. But uh, with Ford, with Ford and Annabelle, right now they are at a point where they want to test everything. They literally just try to figure everything out to give us little little tests, little pokes to see what mommy and daddy will do. So we have have gotten to the point where we are basically now giving them decisions to make. With whatever they want, there's a decision to be made. For, for example, uh, a few nights ago, they, Annabelle wanted to watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And, uh, and Ford just wants to watch a movie. He doesn't care what it is. So, uh, so Annabelle says, Mommy, Daddy, can I watch a movie? Can I watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? So we look at her and we say, okay, this is your decision. You're, you're going to have to clean up the toys that are on the living room floor to be able to watch the movie. And if you don't clean them up, then you're not going to be able to. So she started cleaning them up right away, right? And, uh, and this is why Jude couldn't be in the story, because the messes Jude make get caught by his diaper. So he wasn't able to get involved in that. So they started cleaning up, and, and, and my daughter is really smart. So she looks at me and, and gets a smile on her face and says, Daddy, I want you. In that moment, I'm like, oh. And then, and then she says, Daddy, will you help me pick up my toys? <laughs> and, and like any good father would, I get down there and start helping her. <laughs> you know, I, I think that that is a lot like kind of what the situation we are now. What now? We're at one of those decision points. I'm at one of those decision points. We, we are here at the verge of making a big decision. And maybe for you, it's, it's things like, uh, you know, thinking about your, your financial uh, um, portfolio or something like that. Or maybe it's, uh, should you play safe with the investments you make? Maybe you're, uh, you're struggling with, should you get engaged or should you break up? You know, you get that moment in a relationship. Maybe, uh, maybe for you, you're thinking, man, should I change my career? Or, or maybe I just need to change my attitude at work. 
You know, it's just, just sometimes we have to, we have to figure this out. And, and, and maybe it's even like, you know, man, should I keep faking my, my Christian life and come clean and ask God for help? Maybe your what now is your decision time right now. Well, in order to, to answer the question, what now, I think we really have to break it down a little bit first. Because I think there's, there's three questions that I kind of want to address before we do the what now. So the first one, what route are you taking? What route are you taking? Have you ever heard a, a quote by Yogi Berra? Have you ever heard some of these quotes? All right, let me, let me get this straight. Uh, I like quotes from Yogi Berra. I do not like the Yankees. Okay, I just... I just want to lay that out there. That's really important for me to establish. Sorry if you're a Yankee fan. I'm just not one. So this is one of the Yogi Berra quotes that I always think of when I hear routes. If there's a fork in the road, take it. I mean, honestly, Yogi Berra, like, is this guy brilliant or what? I mean, it's just awesome. But I think there's a fork in the road right now. When you come to a point of decision, there's a fork in the road, and you have to choose. Jesus tells us which way to go. And if you, uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 7. That's where we're going to spend a lot of, a lot of time today. Um, in, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 7, which Matthew is the first book of the New Testament of the Bible, it's about two thirds of the way through. Uh, if you open it up straight to the New Testament, just turn to chapter 7. Uh, starting at verse 13, let me read this to you. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only few will find it. Let me, let me talk about the wide, the wide route or wide gate first. The world today tells us that total freedom is like the ultimate. Like, to find total freedom or independence it's, it's the goal in life that's what that's what we're set out to accomplish so for for lots of people they even think that there should be no restrictions or rules because total freedom is the way to go and and that's kind of the way so it's it's very easy to find ourselves uh going towards the wide gate going towards the the open route because we assume we assume freedom's there we we, we think that that's where the freedom is I came across this study with a, a child psychologist, and uh, a couple of them got together, and contemporary thinking was that at playgrounds across America, that the, the gate of, around the playground was creating restrictions in the children and the way they were able to play. So, th- so they decided this study, and parents are already laughing. They're like, <laughs> yeah. But, but what happened is they felt, they felt that if they took the gate away, that they, the, the, the kids would not feel confined and they could run about and, and play and feel total freedom. But what they found is the opposite. They found that the chil- children actually became more inhibited. Uh, they didn't want to play as much. They actually kind of all gathered in the middle and huddled together, uh, which is a real sign of insecurity. So the, the research researchers decided that it was a good idea. Let's go ahead and replace the, the fence and put it back up and see what happens. And all of a sudden, as soon as it was back up, there was complete freedom. The children were running all around the park. They, they, they played harder. They laughed harder. And it, and it, was, it was found that, that we need boundaries 
for security. We need boundaries for freedom. Can you imagine if God didn't give us any directions? I mean, can you can you even think about that? Like, how crazy how crazy would things be if we had no no boundaries at all? If God didn't give us any rules? But God created the universe. He also created the rules. He created the regulations. He created the the route even for enjoying a, a full life. But there's also the narrow route. In Proverbs, uh, Solomon says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. There's a reason that Jesus says the road's narrow. You know, you, you, you've ever seen, like, high wire walkers, those people that walk on the high wire? Yeah, it's It's hard. Jesus says the, the, the path is narrow because it's hard. It's going to be challenging. So don't be a fool. Don't, don't think that it's going to be easy because it's not. Look at what it says in, uh, in John 14. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty hardcore. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said that. This is the right choice. This is the right route. This is, this is the way to go. The narrow route. Because Jesus even said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, I think, uh, I think this is a good lesson. Is that going on the narrow route, it, it seems like it would just be like, okay, I'm going to step through the gate. Or maybe, maybe for you it's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step through and be baptized. And you step through that gate, and it doesn't stop there. You can still get off the narrow path because it is narrow. And I think that we need to, to be constantly making this decision. There's a constant choice every day. I think it's a lot like marriage. Because you get married one day. It's a, it's a one-day thing. You're married. It's all exciting. And then the next day, you have to choose. You have to choose to unconditionally love and, and to be faithful and to, to sacrifice yourself daily. Jesus actually said that. He said, take up your cross daily. Die to sin and live for Him. It's a daily act. It's not a walk through the gate and I'm on the narrow path. I'm good. No, it's daily. So what, what route are you taking? All right, next question. Who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Because I think this is huge. In, uh, in Matthew 7, once again, uh, it's, it's verse 15 is where I want to start reading. Jesus says some interesting stuff here. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from the thorn bushes or figs from the uh, thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. 
That's tough stuff. Because there are so many things out there that, that tell us, the, the world tells us one thing, and, and we learn another in the Bible, and, and they don't line up. Let me, let me tell you about kind of what the world thinks a little bit. Because the, the world's kind of common thing is that everything is good, that it's all good, that, that everything fits into this good bubble. So it, it works out. There's actually a Zogsby poll that I, that I found from the National Associations of Scholars. And this is, uh, today we're, we're recognizing graduates, so I thought it would be cool to, to bring up something about college graduates. This is what, a, was what the poll said. A large ma- majority of this year's college graduates report that their professors tell them there are no clear and uniform standards of right and wrong. The Zogsby poll revealed that 97% of all seniors believe college had equipped them to perform ethically in their future professional lives. However, when they asked which statement about ethics their professor most often transmitted, 23% selected the uh, proposition, what's wrong, uh, what's right and wrong, depends on differences in individual values and cultural diversity. This opposes to only 25% who pick there is a clear and uniform standard of right and wrong by which everyone should be judged. College graduates have been taught, you know, kind of ethics by their professors. And, and they come out, instead of being taught ethics, they're taught more of a relativism. That, that relativism is, uh, and this is what the definition is. Let me just read it. Defined as a theory, especially in ethics, that con, uh, con, uh, conceptions of truth and moral values are not absolute, but are relative to a person's or group's holding them. So this is what this is what the world tells us is that everything's relative that it depends on who you're around or who you're with depends on your ethical and moral standards. Well the, the Bible says something different. Jesus tells us that we need to be cautious of this, that we need to watch out for false prophets. How about advertising agencies? I I really uh I get a kick out of every time that I see that that thing from Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? I mean, don't you think, man, that sounds awesome? But it's it's not true. But but deep down, we have this feeling like, wouldn't it be awesome if there were no consequences for our behavior? I mean, have you ever thought that? Like, man, I could go to Vegas and you know, whatever happens is going to stay there. So they said it on the advertisement, so I might as well go and check it out. But the fact is, is that our actions, our choices, cause rippling effects. And, and, and they interfere in our lives for, for weeks, months, years to come. Jesus tells us to watch out for these things. But they look and sound just, just like everybody else. You know, like when, uh, when Jeff preaches here on Sunday mornings, you know, I think he does a great job of preaching from the Word of God. But there are, there are a lot of people out there that, that teach things that just simply aren't true. And they don't align with what the Word of God says. And, and you know, people can say whatever you want to hear. They can make you feel good. I mean, any, anyone that, that is a good speaker or a good engager can, can get your attention and make it sound really appealing. But 
the Bible tells us to line this up. That we need to line up what we hear. That we need to guard ourselves from what, what the Scripture says. This is what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 21 through 22. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. So when we're looking at what now, we need to ask another question. What are you building on? What are you building on? In, in Matthew chapter uh, 7 again, uh, starting at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had the, its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears the, these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What's your foundation? You know, what, what's the foundation in life that can't be shaken in your life? They can't be blown away by the storms. What foundation do you have? Maybe it's, maybe it's a foundation of a career. You know, I think recently uh, with things that have happened in the last couple of years in this area, you know, most of us have kind of learned our lesson in that, that our foundation cannot be built on a career or a job because it will be crumbled and it will be crushed. And I know a lot of us even here at Crosspoint have gone through that with, you know, with Cape Coral still ranking among the top in foreclosures in the country. You know, we, we've dealt with that. We've been up front and in our face. But the world tells us that we need to find a quick fix, that we need to find something just temporary that will work, right? Just, just whatever you can get, the, the, the faster the better. Maybe you built your, your uh, foundation on, like, your, your financial lives. And maybe recently you've, you've watched as stocks have gone up and down, up and down, le- uh, all over the place. And, and maybe that's like where you've built your foundation and you're losing your hair over this. You know, you've got grays in your beard, kind of like I do, thanks to my three children. But, uh, you know, it, maybe that's you. Maybe in those moments you need to, to think, what is your foundation? What have you built it on? What have you done to make yourself feel secure? Jesus tells us that we've got a plan for eternity, not just the short term. He says it's the one who puts the words of mine into practice. There's a big difference between being smart and being wise. I'm still trying to figure this out, but, you know, maybe one day I'll be both. I don't know. <laughs> still working on that. I'll get back to you. But there is a big difference. There's a challenge for all of us. Jesus says, you know these things, but if you're really serious about building on a rock, you will put my words into actions. It's real easy to hear things, but to do something is another. One day I hope I can be smart and wise. Check out what uh, what James says in uh, the book of James, and I love it. I love the book of James. If you, if you if you don't know me very well, book of James, read it, do it. All right. So James uh, chapter one verse twenty two says, 
Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. I came across this uh, quote from Robert Pike. I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Pike, but this is pretty interesting. Uh, This is what he said. Learning has not taken place until behavior has changed. Learning has not taken place until behavior has changed. The fact is, guys, that every day that we're building our foundation, and, and, and a lot of it has to do with what route we're taking and, and kind of, you know, who we're listening to. So which direction are you going? What are you listening to? And that's where you're building your foundation. What does that look like for you? So we get to that point where we've asked these questions and we get back to the what now. Because I don't, I don't know, if you're at all like me, I feel like I'm at a decision point, like cross points at a decision point. We're all like on the verge of making this huge decisions for our lives. And every day we got to choose and every day it comes back again. You know, there's, there's been a page turned. You know, there's people graduating today. We're going to recognize them in, in just a little bit in the service. There's, there's a, you know, like all the people that were baptized, we got to celebrate just a moment ago. How, how awesome is that? But we're, we're faced with that decision. What now? My daughter, Annabelle, she's about to turn three. And, and just yesterday, I have to share this story with you because I think it is amazing. Uh, I think, I think in, in life, we're all going to make bad decisions. Like, we're all going to make those unwise decisions. And, and Annabelle came up to me yesterday, and, and, and she was struggling to take her nap. So she finally came up to me, and she looked me right in the eyes, came out of her bed, and we're like, what are you doing out of your room? You're supposed to be taking a nap. She looks at me, and she says, Daddy, give me a spanking. And I I said, what what are you talking about? No, I'm not going to give you a spanking. What are you talking about? And she's like, Daddy, no, you don't understand. I'm not going to take a nap. Give me my spanking. I think... There's sometimes in in life that that we feel like we'd rather pay the consequences. And this was an incredible teaching point right at that moment where she was looking at me and saying, go ahead and spank me because I was like, oh, I want to whoop you so bad. You get back in your bed. But there was an incredible teaching point because there's only one thing. There's only one thing that can make her bad decisions go away. And it was Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus' blood is the only thing that can wash away our bad choices. And we're all going to make them. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to make those poor decisions. But today, right now, you're in front of a what now decision. Every day, it's a choice. What are you going to choose? Maybe today... You need to make a decision for yourself. Would you all pray with me? God, I just, I thank you that, that you're God of everything. God, I, I thank you that you've given us these regulations and rules and, and things to follow in the Bible, God. I just pray that we'd be wise enough to open it and take a look and to follow them. God, I pray that when we have those moments where we'd rather pay the consequences, God, I pray that you would give us the, the wisdom to know that you're the only one that can wash those away.
Thank you for sending your son, God, so that we can answer the what now. In Jesus' name, amen.